0: In my years of teaching in school, uh, I had the pleasure of teaching in five different high schools. And in all of those schools, the story was pretty much the same. They were always looking for teachers to help with things, to take the tickets at the theater production, or to chaperone at the homecoming dance. And I found that there were a couple of different approaches that, that the administrators took in, that, in those situations. One of them, in one school that I worked at, The assumption was you're doing a pretty good job at what you're doing, but we could use some extra help. So we're going to give you a little incentive. So if you took tickets at a game, they would give you maybe $25 in cash or something as an incentive for helping out. At another school that I worked at, the assumption was that everybody would help out. And so every time that you took tickets at a dance or, or you did something for the school, you were given a certain number of points and you had to accumulate so many points by the end of the year. And if you didn't, you did not meet up your obligations, and therefore, at the last paycheck of the year, you had money deducted from your paycheck because you didn't live up to what you promised to do. So it seems like there's kind of two different ways to motivate people. One is to say, hey, you're on the right track, and I'll give you a reward or incentive if you keep it up. And the other is to say, you seem to be wavering a little bit, and if you get too far off the path, you're gonna be punished. And Jesus actually uses both of those arguments in today's gospel. In this very familiar, famous scene, sometimes referred to as the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's gospel, although in Luke's gospel we hear today it's actually called the Sermon on the Plain, because Matthew puts him on a mountain and Luke puts him on a plain. But the message is very similar. Jesus pronounces what are called the Beatitudes. And beatitude, I like to think of that word as being the word be with a hyphen after it. Be-attitudes. The attitudes and values that we should be possessing as Christians in our lives, in our being. Pope Francis said that these beatitudes are the new commandments. He called them a path to happiness and that they perfect the Ten Commandments. Remember that Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And so what he was doing was saying, I'm not going to toss the Ten Commandments, but I'm going to build on them and help you to think about what it means to follow this Christian way. And St. Augustine referred to them as the perfect standard of the Christian life. So long about the 7th century, St. Bede did some writing about this Sermon on the Plain. And he said, we have to recognize that there were two different groups of people that were there to hear Jesus preach that day. One group were his apostles, his disciples, his followers, that were already doing a lot of the things that Jesus asked them to do. And so they were there to hear what he had to say. And a lot of them were struggling in their lives, just as you and I do. But they were following that Christian message. But there was another group of people there that St. Bede referred to as the the bystanders. They were the people who just happened to be there when Jesus preached. Or maybe they heard about him in the countryside and they came out just out of curiosity to hear what he had to say. And many of them were not following this way that Jesus had been been speaking of. And so he's addressing both of those audiences and in the first four statements that he makes, he gives hope and consolation to those who are keeping the faith. Essentially saying, I have your back. And he begins each of those statements with, blessed are. So he begins, blessed are you who are poor. Now you may have heard a translation of that to say that when Jesus said, blessed are you, he meant, happy are you. But probably not. Because I'm not sure it would make sense to say to a group of people, I'm so happy that you're poor. Happy are you to be poor. Not really. So it goes a little bit deeper than that, maybe. So we look at the Greek word that translates to blessed, and the word is makarios. And the Greek word makarios means God extends his grace to you. So when he says to them, blessed are you who are poor, he's saying, I recognize that you are poor. Please know that God's grace is being extended to you. And at the time, when we talked about the poor, the poor would have been certainly those who didn't have money, didn't have the wealth, but it also would refer to any person in that society who was taken advantage of, who was not listened to, that could not defend themselves, or could not speak for themselves. In modern day terms, we would include the unborn. They can't defend themselves, and they can't speak for themselves. They would be examples of The poor. And Jesus says to them, The kingdom of God is yours. And he also speaks to those who are hungry, weeping, and feeling rejected. Later, St. Paul in Romans chapter 8 will make the statement, The sufferings of the present are as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed. In other words, you might have some sufferings and struggles in this life, and we all do, but at the end of the road, The glory revealed in heaven is greater than any suffering that you would have have gone through during your lifetime. And then Jesus quickly turns it around. And in the next four statements, he addresses those to the bystanders, these denunciations for those living in error. He starts each statement by saying, woe to you. Now in modern terms, again, when we hear the word woe, it often refers to somebody who is suffering, maybe because they're down on their luck. They've lost something, they've lost a friend or whatever, and they're down on their luck. But that's not what Jesus meant. That word woe, again, going back to the Greek, comes from a word that is ouai, which puts the ownership on the person that he's talking about. In other words, when Jesus says woe to you, he's saying you are causing your own problems. And you better take care of that or you're going to pay for it. And so essentially, he is sort of looking at them and saying, there are some things that you need to change about yourself. And so he says, woe to you who are rich. Now, the assumption at the time would have been, if you're rich, the reason you're wealthy is because you took advantage of somebody else and you took their wealth away from them. The poor exist because the rich exist. And Jesus is saying, that's not right. Although, we have to be careful about that because nowhere in the gospel does Jesus say that the wealthy will not get to heaven? He never says that. Because the fact of the matter is, you and I need money. Right? It's not a bad thing. You've got to be able to buy food and clothes and pay the rent and buy your books and so forth. It's not a bad thing to have money. But, St. Ambrose said, it's, the question here is not about the wealth and the money. The question about Uh, here, is what is in the hearts of the people who possess the money. And that's what this reading is about. What is in our hearts? Do we put God first in our lives? And even though we have wealth, we're willing to share it with other people because God comes first. So Jesus assails, essentially, the greed of the people, that they would hang on to their wealth and not use it for anybody else. And so he says to them, you have received your consolation. If you're enjoying everything right here on earth, and you're paying more attention to earthly things than to God, you've got it backwards, he's saying. And same with those who are filled with laughing, with all who speak well of those earthly things. And so we're kind of challenged this weekend to zoom things out a little bit and think not about our earthly life right now, but eternity that comes later. Because Jesus is pushing them to those boundaries in these beatitudes. And it becomes clear when you match that up with a first reading from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, Trust in the Lord, hope in the Lord, and that we are cursed if we trust things of this earth. Because the things of this earth should not come first in our heart. God should. And St. Paul says as much. Paul says, If we lived for this life only, He says, we are the most pitiable of all people because we're not living for this life. We're living for eternity. In the big picture of things, our life is relatively short. So Jesus is encouraging us to look at that bigger picture as we look at our own lives. And so I believe if Jesus was here in this room right now, he would probably say something like this. Blessed are you who have lost a loved one. Blessed are you who are between jobs or struggling in your current job. Blessed are you who are struggling with a broken relationship. Blessed are you who experience rejection or bullying. Blessed are you who have a chronic health problem or who have an addiction. You know, if you think about it, All of us fall into one of those categories or more at some time or another. And so to us, Jesus would say, dance for joy and be glad. Because to you, I reach out with my grace to pull you through. Know that your reward is great in heaven.